0: Today's Bible passage, and we're in Acts chapter 16 today, today's Bible passage speaks to this coffee question of how God guides us, of how he makes known to us the who, the what, the why, the how, and the when, and that he does so in surprising and unanticipated ways there's a map that's coming up on the screen and it's a map of paul's second missionary journey and what's significant is you're going to see that unlike last time where they went down to the island of cyprus leaving antioch to cyprus this time they're going to go north But let's read from Acts chapter 16. I'm actually going to back up into verse 40 of chapter 15 and then read to verse 2 of chapter 16. But Paul chose Silas and left, commended by the believers to the grace of the Lord. He went through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. Paul came to Derbe and then to Lystra, where a disciple named Timothy lived, whose mother was Jewish and a believer, but whose father was a Greek. The believers at Lystra and Iconium spoke well of him. So I want to show you that on the map here, there's Antioch, and as Paul and Silas, they headed north, this is Syria, then crossed into Cilicia, Tarsus is Paul's hometown, And from there they went through a mountain pass, arriving in Derby, and then ultimately up to Lystra, where we have just read from. There are four points that I want to make regarding guidance that come out of this passage. And the first is this, for his glory, God guides our lives to intersect with other believers with whom he would have us serve in taking the gospel into the world. Now I want to remind you that Derby and Lystra were towns which Paul and Barnabas had visited on their first trip. And as Paul and Silas arrive in Lystra, the scripture says they met Timothy. And I want to say this to you, this was a God-ordained encounter. God is so amazing. He intersects the lives of his followers with other believers who have been given life skills, experiences, spiritual gifting, in order that together they might have all that they need in order to do what God is asking them to do. And I have to say to you, this has been our experience here at St. Baptist Church. And this was the experience of Paul and Silas as they met Timothy. Now, Look at verse 3. It says, Paul wanted to take him along on the journey. The hymn is referring to Timothy. Now, how did Paul determine that he should do this, especially in light of what just recently had happened between him and Barnabas regarding John Mark? Beyond simply meeting Timothy, how did God guide Paul to know that adding Timothy to the team was the right thing to do? And so look again at this passage, we need to see, because there are clues here that tell us. It says in verse 1, Paul came to Derby and then to Lystra, where a disciple named Timothy lived. The place where Timothy lived was significant. Lystra was where the townspeople had stoned Paul, dragged him out of town, and then left him for dead. Do you know what that tells us? Lystra was not an easy place to be a follower of Jesus. And the fact that Timothy had not moved to another town to avoid danger, the fact that Timothy practices faith openly rather than secretly, with all the risk that that would have entailed, I believe this was used by the Holy Spirit to confirm to Paul, here's a young man ready to serve alongside of you and Silas as you preach the gospel and teach the word. The other clue that tells us how God worked in this situation is found in verse 2, where it says, the believers at Lystra and Iconium spoke well of him. I remind you that the distance from Lystra to Iconium was 30 kilometers, which would have been in that day An all-day journey by foot. Somehow, in some way, maybe it was through Timothy's father's business. I don't know. But Timothy was known in both of these cities to be an outstanding young man. And this testimony of other believers who spoke to Paul about Timothy was used by God to confirm to him and Silas Add this young man to your ministry team. Is not God good in how he uses other believers to confirm to us what he's leading us to do? And you all have your own stories of when God has done this in your life. Here's the second thing. God will guide us to do things for the sake of the gospel that will cost us. Look again at verse 3. Paul wanted to take Timothy along on the journey, so he circumcised him because of the Jews who lived in that area, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. I want to ask this question. Why did Paul circumcise Timothy? I remind you, he and Silas carried with them a letter which specified a Gentile who trusted in Jesus did not have to be circumcised, And keep the law of Moses in order to be saved. It was at the Jerusalem council that Paul and Barnabas had participated in. And at that council, God had clearly led his church to stand firmly upon the essentials of the gospel. And I remind you, those essentials are, we are saved by grace alone. Through faith alone. In Christ alone. According to the scripture alone. For the glory of God alone. So I ask again why did God guide Paul to do this and why did Timothy accept this as from the Lord? Now, even though Timothy's dad was a Greek, Timothy was not considered a Gentile. Because his mom was Jewish, in the eyes of the Jewish community, Timothy was a Jew. Now we need to press into this a little bit more. I take you back. I remind you of what Peter said to Cornelius in Acts chapter 10 when he arrived at his home and said, you are well aware, he's speaking to Cornelius, that it is against our law for a Jew to associate with or visit a Gentile. Now this being the case, we need to appreciate how scandalous... It would have been for Timothy's mom to marry a Gentile man. And then to add scandal on top of scandal, and here we don't know the reason why, Timothy had not been circumcised after his birth, even though he was considered a Jew. And the scripture tells us that these details were known to everyone in that area. And that's why Timothy was circumcised even though he didn't need to be. And I want to say to you that Timothy's cost in this regard was physical pain. And Paul's cost was the risk that some may have thought, you just caved. That some may have misunderstood his motives. What Paul later wrote to the church in Corinth gives to us gospel insight as to why the decision to circumcise was made. When it comes to the gospel, in light of the great lengths Jesus himself went to in order to save, Paul wrote to the Corinthians, and he said this, we put up with anything rather than hinder the gospel of Christ. And then he explained. He said, to the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I'm not under the law, so as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, though I'm not free from God's law, but I'm under Christ's law, so as to win those not having the law. To the weak I became weak, to win the weak. And then he sums it up so well, explaining why the things that had happened in Lystra had happened. I have become All things to all people, so that by all possible means I might save some. And the reason Timothy was circumcised was that in order he would not be a stumbling block to those Jewish people who knew he was a Jew but hadn't been circumcised. And Paul closes in verse 23 saying, I do this all for the sake of the gospel that I might share in its blessings. And so I say this to you, that God will guide his people to do hard things. But when you've been gripped by the grace and love of Jesus Christ, the glory of God becomes your passion. Not self-preservation, not comfort, not even being well thought of by others who live around you. The third thing that comes out of this passage is this. Guidance and obedience are inseparable. Look at verse 4 and 5. As they traveled from town to town, they delivered the decisions reached by the apostles and elders in Jerusalem for the people to obey. So the churches were strengthened in the faith and grew daily in numbers. Now the decisions which Paul and Silas delivered to the churches were not themselves scriptural commands. The letter from the council in Jerusalem, is not in the Bible, other than it's recorded as a letter that was written. But there's not a book in the Bible called The Letter from the Council of Jerusalem. But the decisions that were in this letter were rooted in Scripture. And that's why the expectation of Paul and his team was that the decisions were not optional if you wanted to, but were to be obeyed. Now, it's subtle in how it was expressed, but there is no mistaking it here. Guidance and obedience are inseparable. God will always guide you to obey him. If something takes you from God, that something is not of God. If an option before you will diminish the priority of God in your life, then that option is to be rejected. It is not from God. When the churches that they visited embraced the truth of God and lived by it, we read so clearly they grew in their relationship with God, which means they grew in their capacity To discern God's voice and to to find delight in following him wholeheartedly. Now the other result is likewise incredible. It says here, verse 5, the churches grew daily in numbers. Jesus said when he lived on the earth that in contrast to the thief who steals, kills, and destroys, he had come into the world to give life to the full. There was a statement I read by John Piper this week that really gripped my attention. It contrasts the startling difference between the beauty and majesty of God and the counterfeits that have captured the attention of so many in our world. And I read, if you cannot see the sun, you will be impressed with a streetlight. If you've never felt thunder and lightning, you'll be impressed with fireworks. And if you have never perceived the greatness and majesty of God, you'll fall in love with the world of shadows and short-lived pleasures. It is God who draws himself. It's God who draws a person to himself through the word he has spoken But God also uses the testimony of his followers. He uses the life of Jesus manifested in them and among them as they lovingly, willingly, and joyfully obey him. And in this way, the followers of Jesus show the people of the world. In the words of the parable Jesus taught that he's the pearl of great price, that he's the hidden treasure for whom we've given up everything in order to gain him. As followers of Jesus, we can talk among ourselves about a strategy to share the gospel to the world, but this passage reminds us of a foundational reality. One of the most powerful gospel tools we have is our obedience to God. That was why the churches which Paul and Silas visited, grew so rapidly in the days in which the book of Acts was written. The fourth point is this. Even when we can't discern what God is doing and why, we are to persist in following him. Look at verse 6 through to 10. Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. And when they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia. But the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. So they passed by Mysia and went down to Troas. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. I am certain that Paul and his companions knew the promise of Psalm 48, verse 14, that God will be our guide even to the end. When Paul wrote to the church at Corinth from Ephesus, he said to them in 1 Corinthians 16:9, a great door for effective work has opened to me. We know as followers of Jesus that sometimes God will guide us by placing before us opportunities which like a door when walked through will lead to a specific task that he wants us to do on his behalf or to a person with whom he wants us to share the gospel. But as we've just read in these verses... In that particular instance describing the journey being taken by Paul and Silas, God's Spirit did not lead Paul and the team by presenting them with circumstances that allowed them to proceed. Instead of an open door, they encountered a series of doors which were not just closed, but which the Holy Spirit had closed. And they first of all tried to go down into Asia, and they were hindered. And then they went up towards Mysia to cross the border into Bithynia. And again, the answer in both situations was no. And I ask myself this question as I ask it of you. Why did God the Spirit do this? Why didn't he just tell them, right from the start, go to Troas? Wouldn't that have been much simpler, easier, more efficient? And from my perspective, and I'm sure from the perspective of many of you, absolutely yes. But I want to tell you something, that for God, our fellowship with Him is more important. Which is why sometimes, in order to deepen our relationship with Him, God will do with us as He did with Paul and his team. Sometimes, the Lord will delay Sometimes he will seem to guide us ever so slow, one baby step at a time. Sometimes he'll take us not on the most direct route, but by all kinds of back roads. And like the map that you can see on the screen, sometimes we feel like God: we could have got here so much faster. Why did we go this roundabout way to get where we're now at? What are we to do when God leads us like this? When he closes the door, and another one, and another one. The passage teaches us, the example that is so clear before us is that we're to persist in following God because we trust him. I assure you, God will give direction. And his direction, when it comes, will never be too late. But as they journeyed, as they went from one closed door to another, I believe what was at work in them was their promise that God had spoken through the sons of Korah, which for them would have been a thousand years earlier, for us, three thousand years ago. God says, be still and know that I am God. See, we want God to give us the direction, the address of our next destination. And he goes, your fellowship with me is far more important. And there will be times he will delay in order to build that friendship with him. That's why sometimes, in order to give us time, he will take us the long way. That we might have time to slow down, Time to read and meditate upon his word. Time to listen to his voice. Time to speak with him. So that we might know, truly know, in the core of our being, that he is God. And I believe this is one of the things God is purposing to do in the lives of his followers in these days. He is slowing us down. He's taking us on a route we don't know will take, how long it will take to get there. Let me summarize for you. For his glory, God guides our lives to intersect with other believers with whom he would have us serve in taking the gospel into the world. And I've said this many times, church but I believe God has brought those of us who are here at Souk Baptist Church for such a time as this. You have been brought here, and God is combining our gifts together that we might have everything we need to do what he's calling us to do here in Souk. God will guide us to do things for the sake of the gospel that will cost us. Jesus was clear right up front with those who came to him. You need to take up your cross, And follow me. There will be a cost. But like Jim Elliot said, he is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. And any cost we pay is minuscule to the glory that is given to us through faith in Jesus Christ. Guidance and obedience are inseparable. And dear church, as we look to God to lead us in these days, one of the most important things is that we be a people who obey God from the heart in all matters. Not ever going, how far can we get away with doing something, but always, how close can I be to God? How fully can I obey Him? And to those who love God and follow Him and obey Him, He will lead. Fourth thing is this, that even when we can't discern what God is doing and why, we are to persist in following. We don't know where these days will take us, but King Jesus, who reigns from heaven over the earth, he does. And we trust him, that his heart is good and his timing is impeccable. He knows what he's doing, so we can journey with him.